You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This Is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also for the podcast, a new sponsor, RCB Bank. The home market is booming and RCB Bank is here for you. If you're in the market to buy a home, a mortgage pre-qualification will make the process much easier. Talk to one of our mortgage professionals today. RCB Bank, that's my bank. With approved credit, terms and restrictions apply, member FDIC, equal housing lender, RCB Bank, NMLS 798151. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at the Bedford Studio in Oklahoma City with Mr. Chris Morris. Chris, mate, thanks for coming down. Thanks for having me. Sorry I messed up and wasn't here when you when we said we would record. We now started doing it two hours later. Just in time. We did. Thank you. Um, so, as we usually start these podcasts, uh, giving a little bit of context to the people listening before we dive into the meat of your story, uh, I guess, who are you and what do you do? Uh, name's Chris Morris, and I am a sales executive for Chicago Title, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, the basics, you know, father of two, um, wannabe organic farmer, yeah, um, sports enthusiast, and... Uh, I like to talk to people. Yeah. So growing up, born and raised here? I was. I was. Out in Shawnee. Okay. Um, the teeming metropolis of Shawnee, Oklahoma. Yeah. Actually about 12 miles east of there in the middle of, of sticks and, and nothing. So that's where the farming stuff comes from? Uh, yeah. Hated it as a kid. But well, it was, I, it was you know, yeah. basically it was forced labor. Um, I was an indentured <laughs> servant. and uh, But then as you do when you get to a certain age right. and you have children, you yeah. stare at grass. and uh, You get the dad vibe. Yeah. And you've got, my yard's got to look Short of, of the new balance and the, uh, the, the jean shorts. Yeah. And, uh, perfect lines and it just kind of went from there that's i i, I kind of had that a couple of about a month ago i was looking not the not the new balance of the jean shorts too but like i looked at my yard and it's like i just haven't watered it at all now it looks terrible like i was like can we get to fall so everyone's yard looks the same now <laughs> and i'm like no no just water it a little bit more in fact it's amazing what you do when you add water so now it looks great it, it is nice fall and summer though because the the low tide lowers you know all uh-huh. the ships and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know there's there's Back something level playing field absolutely unless you get that neighbor that overseeds and they want to look great in front of everybody nobody likes them. nobody likes that person no. you're right uh, so Shawnee what's Shawnee like when you when you're growing up um, about the way that it is now it's uh, it, it's a cool cool little town yeah um, I actually went to a tiny tiny school from kindergarten through eighth grade mm-hmm. um, so and that was again well outside of Shawnee and uh, my first experience with a big school was my my freshman year and we had you know 20 25 kids in class which is what I graduated eighth grade with yeah. and uh, it's a it's a great little you know kind of a bedroom community. It's got a, a lot of Tinker, you know, traffic there. Uh-huh. We got, you know, about half an hour away from, from Tinker. Um, 
and just it's a cool little town. You know, we had a mall. We got a mall. I believe when I was in seventh or eighth grade, about mm-hmm. the time that Beverly Hills 90210 was was big, and so yeah. we were very uh, cosmopolitan at that time, and uh, spent a lot of lot of quarters in the yeah. arcade there. So growing up, then, do you think was you going to OBU or St. Edward's? Oh, not St. Edward's. What was the other university? St. Gregory's. St. Gregory's at that time. Sadly, it's not here anymore. Born and raised Catholic, so uh, that was that was a requirement. Um, yeah. I was the only. You know, I've got two older brothers. Uh-huh. Um, I was the only one in my family, mom and dad included, and, and many on, on either side that didn't go to Catholic school, yeah. um, which is probably better for, for everybody. Um, I was an altar boy for one mass yeah. um, when I was a younger kid, and uh, I had the communion candle in the wrong place, and uh, Father Vincent, great guy, um, grabbed me by my, no offense, I don't remember the term, but my, yeah. my altar boy smock yeah. and uh, kind of forcibly pulled me where I was supposed to be, and uh, I never, never altar boyed again after that. One and done. One and done. One hit wonder. <laughs> One hit wonder. Is there is there photos of this somewhere to 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 prove this? You know, sadly, and and I, I hope my mom listens to this because there are, are tons and tons of photos of uh, both my brothers. You know, all my parents, you know, yeah. grandkids. There are two pictures of me um, growing up. None of them was was as an altar boy. Um, both I was wearing a, yeah. a green and yellow Garanimals short set. Nice uh, with cowboy boots. All Awful right. look when you have a bright red afro as well. You didn't like the sun very much then, obviously. No, I, I still don't. I, I try to get out now. You know, vitamin D is important, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's not my friend. I have yeah. the big floppy hat when I'm outside anywhere now. Definitely, I can. I can. I picture you mowing the yard in that floppy I do. hat, and I do. working in the yard <laughs> with the organic stuff. But so, so growing up then with like around farming, small town, mm-hmm. Catholic stuff. I mean, that's nothing that sounds like sales. Like, where do you go to school and, and what goes on from there? Uh, Northeastern in Tahlequah. Okay. Um, I had a brief sojourn to uh, UCO, yeah. and uh, we had uh, a, a differing philosophy. Um, one required me to go to class, and, and uh, I, I did not happen to agree at that time. Yeah. So had you know some, some small scholarships there and uh, got those yanked away and then uh, relied on the mom and dad scholarship. Uh-huh. Still chose not to go to class um, like one should, and so thankfully ended up with the uh, Oklahoma Army National Guard and, and yeah. let Uncle Sam, you know, pay yeah. for school and went to Tahlequah, which was still a bit of a struggle. I had three freshman years. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic time. Yeah, of course. Incredible fishing in Tahlequah and uh, the river, and and there's lakes everywhere. So yeah. it's uh, come springtime, it's it's difficult to to it's muster up the state. courage to go to go yeah. to class when it's were you an athlete as well? Into a lot of sports in university or no? I played no, no. Um, I, I played a lot of sports. Yeah. Um, but I, I was not great. Um, was in the athletic dorms. Was around a lot of athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, my roommate in the dorms would wake me up every morning, and, and I hope that he hears this as well. Um, Jeff Jeff was a big guy, and he liked to look in the mirror and admire his uh, his his size and physique. And so, five thirty six a.m. when he was getting back from the gym and I'd probably been in bed for a couple of hours yeah. I got to, to wake up to him flexing he got his pump yeah in, in the mirror and making the, the flexing noises so uh, <laughs> great college experience that was uh, that was interesting <laughs> well yeah I still yeah. talk to a therapist about that <laughs> yeah oh, that's awesome uh, alright so you're at, Cal- at Tahlequah mm-hmm. you kind of 
really enjoying life at this point, right? Absolutely. You're fishing. You're yes. just thinking, right, this is, you know, I'm doing my own thing. I don't have to go to class if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Is there any structure thinking like you know what you want to do? I assume not. None. No. Um, I, like a lot of young students, I, I kind of went through the, the different, you know, here's what I want to be when I grow uh-huh. up. And I had finally settled on... Uh, Something to do with biology okay. um, and took what I thought would be a great zoology class. Um, and unfortunately, my professor, I'm, I'm sure he's a wonderful man, but could not possibly be more Irish or excuse me, uh, rather Scottish. Okay. Couldn't understand a thing he said. Yeah. And uh, that that quickly, I, I decided not to go into zoology. Yeah. And uh, just business is, is kind of what took me here. So you see a flyer or a news thing that says, join the Army National Guard? Like, where does that come in? Uh, had My middle brother uh-huh. was Army. Okay. My oldest brother was uh, Navy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had run out of options to pay for college gotcha. at this point. All so, right. yeah. I mean, there was also, you know, some, some patriotism there as well. Well, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope. But, uh, yeah, Uncle Sam, you know, one week into month, two weeks every summer, and yeah. he'll pay for your school. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, easy, right? like, easy. It's, I'm surprised why a lot of people don't do that. Like, it seems... You know, we were just... I, I've got a buddy who is the uh, the president of the Creek Nation College in Oak Mulgan. We were talking about that just Saturday evening, mm-hmm. and uh, it's... Cost has gotten so you know just just That's out of sight. Bonkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's. I mean, we're we're kind of moving down a path of that's going to be one of the very few ways for people to actually afford to educate themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're no, you're totally right because it's the cost of schooling is astronomical, and right now I think the value, unless you go into like you said something that you need that piece of paper for Absolutely. engineering, you know, you're going to be a doctor, or as my wife likes to say, the doctor program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can use that one when you see her next. Cause she'll, she's like, you'd be like, how do you know that? Um, you know, it's like it's, uh, yeah, the, the value, is, it's hard, isn't it? Uh, but I think it, it is important for people to have that college experience and to grow up and be away from home and learn and be how to be on your own. But it's one of the greatest just, times of your life. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, we're coming up to the point where you have to do kind of the cost benefit analysis of it mm-hmm. um, and, and see if it actually, if it, if it balances out. Yeah. And, the flip side to that is, you know, back to the to the army thing. I was listening to uh, uh, Tim Kennedy, I believe is his name. He is a, uh, I believe he's either a Green Beret, mm-hmm. Special Forces, right. Army MMA fighter, and uh, he he was talking. And we have the biggest shortage of bodies from which to choose for mm-hmm. our special operations folks than we've ever had since their inception. Yeah. Um, a huge, we just don't have enough guys you know, and, and gals getting in there. And so pay for your college or let Uncle Sam pay for your school yeah. and uh, go do something hua, something cool. Definitely. Same time. Yeah, no doubt. I'm sure it was an absolute blast. Uh, take me forward then. Do, do we graduate? Where do we go from there? We did and we became a banker. Okay. Um, as we were just discussing earlier, uh, I'd worked all you know high school and, and college, lived the, the restaurant life as, as many of you do, um, many of us do. Yeah. Got tired of smelling like French fries and thought um, I'll be clean here. You know, the hours are pretty great. Yeah. And uh, as a young single man, there were lots of, of you know tellers sure. there. So I yeah. thought this was just kind of the best of both I worlds. I get to wear a suit. I get to look Absolutely. good every day. I get to play golf on the weekends. Started off at a small bank in Shawnee. Um, hours were nine to three mm-hmm. every day. 
And uh, two weeks later, Arvest bought them, okay. and the hours went from nine to three to seven to seven. Um, <laughs> and my first job in the bank was greeter, and it might very well, yeah. you know, until now, of course, uh, the best job I've ever had. I, I yeah. made popcorn every morning. Yeah. Somebody walked in and said, hi, I'd like a loan. I would send them to the, to the right. lenders, and I need to open a new account. Yeah. Go to new accounts, and that was pretty much it. But that is also where I led a gentleman by the name of Jim Carhill um, was the president whenever mm-hmm. I, I started there. Guy from from Arkansas. Um, I learned networking from him because you don't make a great deal of money right. as a banker fresh out of school. And he mentioned that he needed some yard work done. <clears throat> I don't mind getting my hands dirty. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't realize at the time what, what he was teaching me, but uh, it, it pays to know people. Mm. Um, he also introduced me to beer that wasn't Milwaukee's best or natural light. He had yeah. a, which at the time I thought this is the height of society right here. You know, you've made it when you yeah. have a refrigerator in your garage that's just stocked with, with beers and sodas. Right. And it was uh, kind of where I learned networking. That, you're right, though, isn't it? It's so impo- such an important skill, and especially at a small town bank like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. That's a lot of it. It's personal relationships. Everyone knows everybody. knows your family name. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you're right. It's, you, know, you are learning a lot of really cool skills that, that are needed in later life. Like I said, you probably didn't realize it at the time. No clue. Uh, but you were just kind of happy to be around and, and mm-hmm. soak it all in. And like I said, you, you know, it's, you got life lessons that no doubt you use every day. I still use them to this day. And, uh, you know, mom was a banker. It, it, it used to be, especially when you're a teenager and, and your parents, you know, very existence is embarrassing to you. She, she never knew a stranger. And everywhere right. we went, she had either worked with them or they were a customer of hers. And, uh, yeah, you just kind of pick up on that stuff. And, you know, like my, my dad, he, uh, he was a police officer mm-hmm. with the uh, Pot County Sheriff's Department. Also owned a paint and insulation company, so you know gotcha. learned the value of hard work and uh, to avoid police when you're younger. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, kind of all that combination kind of led yeah. me where I am today. And then you start climbing the banking world, thinking I want you know you see this gym guy and the guy, uh, this is the end of the road. I want to be, I want to have what this guy has. A couple of months later, yeah, he uh, he brought me onto the lending side mm-hmm. and. Uh, Worked for you know there for a couple of years. Went to another small bank in Shawnee, and yeah. then the the mortgage um, world kind of blew up back in the early two thousands okay. with the first, to my knowledge at the time, you know sure. the, the first big, you know mortgage refinance boom. And uh, I thought this this seems kind of interesting. Yeah. And, you know I don't really want to go and, and count cars at a car lot anymore yeah. or cows. And so uh, came up, jumped up to a larger bank up here, and uh, was in on the mortgage side for for a few years. Mm-hmm. And uh, met some really great people. Um, actually, where I'm at, my boss now, David Patrick. We were both at, at yeah. a lender up here in Oklahoma City, and uh, it kind of led me to here. Yeah, came to the big city, the big the, time, yes, right? the big show, bright eyed, <laughs> <laughs> out of the country, coming out here, absolutely driving what thirty minutes up the highway. Yes, country seen, mouse yeah. and city mouse. <laughs> I'm sure that was a lot of fun, though. And like I said, you meet David, who's now your current boss, and um, just continue to build. And I mean. What's what's what like you're in two thousands like what's that time what's Oklahoma City like when you come up here? Uh, Maps had had been around for for a bit whenever I finally came up here, but but the downtown area, uh, you know, Bricktown mm-hmm. was you didn't want to be there after dark yeah. um, for for you know most of my younger years. 
Um, but I move up here, and they, you know, the you know, Buelos was was there, and the, yeah. they just, or excuse me, Chilinos, and they just kind of started getting some of those those foundational restaurants and businesses, and nothing like it is now. Right. Um, but it was still a, a fun place to be. Um, I try to avoid downtown now, the traffic mm-hmm. and parking. You know, I'm again at that age where yeah. I don't want to pay for parking. Um, but uh, yeah, had a great time up here, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, like I said, David and I worked together for for a couple of years, and then we would run into each other, yeah. you know, at, at at kids' ball tournaments or something like that, you know. And, and I had I had left and gone to us. Actually, I worked in Oklahoma City for a large regional uh, mortgage lender, but I was actually the banker that that uh, okay. funded all of their operations. And uh, David had actually recruited me for about two two and a half years. To We'd gone to side. yeah, trying to come get me to be a salesman, but I'm, yeah. David, I'm not a salesman by any means, David. I'm, I'm yeah. a banker, and you know, I had a pretty cush gig. I, I was I was home by four or five o'clock every day, you know, and uh, then I made the mistake that a lot of us make, and I got bored with my great my mm-hmm. great gig, and was asked uh, by the owners of of the mortgage company if I would like to build a new construction department for them. Yeah. And I said, "Sure, why not? I'm bored. Let's let's do something." Yeah, that how I'm, hard can it be? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I I began the process of, of building that literally from from scratch. I mean, mm-hmm. from policy and procedure. You know, making every making sure everything was in compliance, and that turned into you know a real job. Um, right. And then I get it. We were initially going to start off with just working with a couple of retail operations mm-hmm. here in Oklahoma. You know, maybe 15, 20 loan officers between the two units. Um, kind of, you know, just just dipped our toes in the water and, and taking it slowly. And then I I got a call uh, one morning, followed by several more by some you know account executives in, in different states. Hey, Chris, we're really excited. You know, can't can't wait to. to you know, start getting this product out there and selling yeah. it. And my response, yeah, you know, whenever you guys, when we open it up to everybody, it, it should be a lot of fun. We, we should be able to do some some great things here. Now, we were told it, it opened up today. Mm. Really? So I, I picked up the phone and called uh, one of the owners. He said, yeah, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> and it, when, when you're a department of one and managing a handful of new construction loans around Oklahoma City um, not not a not a big deal you can find your inspectors and handle the draws and, and whatnot yourself but uh, I don't know a lot of people in Des Moines Iowa um, oddly enough or in in Texas and yeah. Mississippi Louisiana right and uh, then it became about a 60 to 70 hour a week gig um, and I did have time to you know kind of pull my head up from my desk and notice that uh, you know the uh, the VA, had been in our office for mm-hmm. quite some time, and uh, HUD, a couple of uh, state regulatory agencies, mm-hmm. um, weeks and months for yeah. some of these. And as a banker, when you see auditors in your office for that long, not a good thing. Not a good thing. And uh, kind of saw the writing on the wall there, and uh, I had actually gone in, because I, I couldn't sleep one night, and I went into work about 2.30 or 3 in the morning. Yeah. And David and I had already met probably three, four times at this point. Um, David called me about 8.30 that particular morning and basically said, you know, last time I'm going to bug you. I don't want to you know, be bothersome about yeah. this, but meet with me one more time. Just see what I have to offer. Like, can you do lunch? I'm like, why don't we go have coffee yeah. right now? Yeah. And he's okay. I'm like, bring your best shot. Yeah, you know, like, I want to see this, <laughs> right. and, and let's make Timing it make it everything. happen. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, signed the 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 pro forma that morning, mm-hmm. and uh, the rest is history. It's timing, isn't it? It really like, is. It's so good. Like I, I mean, I've kind of been in similar situations, and and 
you know, like the worst thing for you, right, is getting bored. Mm. But like, you know, I think we're probably the same personality where like we have to be doing working towards something is yes. good for both of us. Yes. Once once we start start working towards something, like to put it in a fitness term, we get fat. Yes. Right? Like, yes. You know, we've yes. both kind of like been doing some fitness stuff and I'm like, I've done it and now I'm off it and now I'm getting fat again. Yes. I have to get back on it. Right? It's amazing like, how quickly that happens oh, too. And you get so mad at yourself after like six weeks off and you're like, yes. I've worked three months to get in good yeah. shape and now I look back like I did a year ago. I, I took 24 uh, years week. off yeah. and uh, it, that was not a quick process to get fat, but but it, it was, it was yeah. efficient. Yeah. Um, I earned it. But the same in the business world, right? So, so David, you meet with David, and and he throws this offer at you, and it's just absolutely like said, great timing. Come on over. We met at at uh, Starbucks on Independence and Northwest Expressway uh-huh. um, that morning. He brought a, a very good offer, which was just another job. Yeah, um, yeah. The offer in and of itself was great, but I, right. you know, just just the escape and it. Yeah. The the previous company I was at, absolutely wonderful people. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best times of my life, and and, and some brilliant mm-hmm. folks over there. But things happen in the business world. Yes. And this uh-huh. was the I, you know, I don't know if it was providential, but but the timing couldn't have been more more mm-hmm. perfect. And yeah. David's really good at that. He, very he's, good. He's got fantastic timing. Yeah. Yeah. So the sales thing then, David gives you this offer and you think, I know I'm going to become a salesman, mm-hmm. which the role of a salesman, the, the actual title, and you're like, I got to sell stuff, right? And it's kind of like daunting and it's like, now I have numbers and things to hit. But when you look out back at your history and like the things you've done, mm-hmm. all the things you've done with sales anyway, you just hadn't had the title of a salesman, right? Didn't, didn't realize it. But uh, David, David does a great, a great thing every year. At, uh, we, we do a company appreciation mm-hmm. event and, and hand out awards. It's you know, CTO rocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and without fail, David gets up to, to speak yeah. and asks everybody, you know, stand up if you're, if you're a salesperson. The newbies, you know, new employees, yeah. um, never, never get it. They're always, you know, seated. But yeah. David's like, you're all you're salespeople. Sales. You're get up, something. get up, and yeah. it's it's a hundred percent true. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so then you go to the title side, which, I mean, I have a lot more appreciation for it now since my wife works in the title business As than I, I did before. Yeah, because I mean. They have to deal with so much nonsense, and they get to deal with real estate agents like myself and a million others who, you know, that one deal to them is the world, right? Like the, the key there, though, is 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 get to. Um, and the way that I have always looked at this is, you're an agent. You understand this. This is yeah. your livelihood. This is right. your paycheck. Yeah. You mm-hmm. can't have a bad day yeah. or a bad week mm-hmm. um, because you get paid. You're basically, you know, you kill what you eat. Yeah. And to entrust us with their livelihood and to make sure that, that kids, you know, have a roof over their head and, and you know, have clothes on their back. It's, it's a pretty cool thing anytime that yeah. we, it's never lost on me. Anytime somebody refers business to us, it uh, it means something. It really does. Right. And, and it should to yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And, I, and you do work for, no doubt, the best, you know, title company. It definitely no Oklahoma City Metro that I'm aware of. Like, I appreciate that. You know, there's a lot of agents that... Like, I mean, if if they aren't closing with Chicago Title, I'm like, please strongly consider it because it'll make it go a lot easier. I don't care which office it is, it'll just make it go easier, you know, because there's so many horror stories of going somewhere else and they haven't got everything ready or they don't communicate the right way and, and you're just left in the dark and, and then you get to two days before closing and they're like, yeah, we can't close. Sure. And you're like... But someone's ready to move their house right now. Like everything's packed up, and they're in the moving van. Absolutely. uh, So yeah, it is. You're right. It's a stressful business to be in because, like I said, you are dealing with 
you know a lot of variables sure and someone has to come and streamline the industry because it's just too many people talking i think but you get it done and it's i know from my side like we're me and everyone, every other agent appreciates it immensely. And I'm sure, especially the girls that, you know, in the offices and the guys in the offices, like, I think some of them may seem surprised when an agent brings by, like, a box of cookies or, or a bottle of wine or mm-hmm. sometimes a bottle of tequila. Depends on how what the season is and how, how hard the week <laughs> has been. But, like, it's well-deserved, you know? I, I will say this, um, and, and I can use this term, the, the ladies, the, the closers in – our company um, are some of the single most impressive mm-hmm. and and passionate and hardest working people I've ever met. And again, that goes from climbing around in attics yeah. in my youth, you know, insulating to the restaurant world to, to army mm-hmm. um, banks. We we have just some some absolutely outstanding ladies. And you know, I I, I got to admit that it's it's also it's it's a top down thing, mm-hmm. um, you know. Ken McBride, David Patrick, um, Charlie Francis, and Delisha Cosby, our executive team, they've all been in the trenches right. and done this. And it, when you have leaders who anything they ask you to do, they've done a thousand times themselves, mm-hmm. um, it, it makes you a lot more willing to run through a brick wall for people. Um, and uh, I, I will say that, that we are blessed, you know, we have a lot of talent in, mm-hmm. in the title and escrow side, you know, not just that Chicago title. I, I am partial to Chicago mm-hmm. title, obviously, yeah. because that, that, you know, pays my mortgage. But uh, it's I, I never could have fathomed um, the, the depth of what goes on on the title side. You know, even as a sales rep, I didn't have much of an idea. I, I kind of had a right. 30,000 foot view. Of, well, of like title. we all do, right? If you don't work in the industry, like you know, or anyone, like, even though you're sure. working for the same company, you're not mm-hmm. like there day to day. Then we all do. Like right. I did. I Absolutely. Like, you know, I was like, it can't be that hard, surely. Yeah. And then my parents like, I'm working sixty hour weeks for the next three months. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. okay. Like, and you know, you basically pat your family on the back. Yeah. You know, about May mm-hmm. and say, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, see you at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, um, but but well worth it. And Chicago is really great about including family in in everything. And we you yeah. know we really do strive, and it's kind of a corporate buzzword, but mm-hmm. we really do strive for that work life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there are hard times and, and and long hours, you know, for for a few months out of the summer. Um, but you've also there aren't a lot of people moving in and out. Well, we have a right. lot moving in, yeah. not many yeah, move out. True. So that that becomes part of your family as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we've got kids. I'm at the Cross Rock office. We've got kids of employees there every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it just it's really a, a comfortable, warm, inviting atmosphere. Um, you know, David and, and my son, um, you know, those two get together and it's basically pick on on me day um but you know you, you love to see that stuff and it, yeah, yeah, yeah that atmosphere it makes it all right right because you're not like it's eight o'clock i'm stuck at the office on another thursday or friday sure. evening it's like no i'm actually getting work done and my son's having a good time too absolutely right? like rinsing me with my boss absolutely like, yeah so tell me a little bit about kind of you and your son getting back in the fitness stuff and and like your son finding david goggins and all that stuff because yeah. i i i it's hilarious, and his book. I think Taryn listened to his audio book while she when she ran the marathon, ran the marathon, or does her training because it's just. If it the doesn't best give you goosebumps, yeah. um, I, I don't. I don't know that you have a pulse. Okay. Um, 
you know, he, he's always been active in sports, and uh, you know, it, he gets an ab if he misses a meal because he's just he's he's skin and bones. Um, his older sister, my, my oldest, yeah, she's been a soccer player or football, yeah. um, to use your parlance. He, uh, she, she's been in shape basically mm-hmm. since seven or eight years old, um, and kind of got to the point they were looking through some old pictures and and jake had kind of looked at me and then looked you know at the, at the picture and and kind of had this look on his eyes and he actually said it You're like dad what happened like you look different um which S- stung a little bit hurt hurt yeah. immensely um and you know it's a thyroid issue son it's, it's not a thyroid <laughs> issue i just explained that you know not yeah. As young as I used to be, and kids, and sitting in office, and had no uh, willpower when it came to eating, and uh, that was just you know that, and just being forty-five. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is the existential midlife crisis. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I grew the hair out, and uh, that's you know the one thing that I had going for me is all my buddies don't have hair. Right. Um, they may have abs, but I you have full head. Of hair. I have hair. Yeah. Um, and we just, we, we sat down and talked one night and I, I discussed it in the past with him. Like, you know, I, I need to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to do this. And the hypocrisy, cause I, I coached both the kids, you know, football, baseball, soccer, world's worst soccer coach, by the way, worse, far worse than Ted I Lasso. Mean, I, far worse. I don't know how you can coach kids. Cause it, I mean, it's, that's. That is probably harder than your actual job. There are very few things that I've enjoyed more because, yeah. you know, a lot of times I don't know if it's a, a forest for the trees or if we just all, you know, think our parents are, are ignorant. Yeah. But our own kids don't always listen to us so well. But when you see somebody else's kid and you see them actually do something that you have, you know, trained on, practiced right. on, drilled into their head, it, it's there aren't many cooler things in the world. Um, And just, you know, being around kids like that and the excitement they have and those first several years, kids don't care if they win or lose. Mm. Um, That's, that's mom and dad that's, you know, putting all those thoughts. Yeah. 100%. Big issue. 100%. Um, And it's just, I I always enjoyed coaching, coaching kids. It, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, they have that joy and exuberance and they, they just, there's fun. nothing in the periphery. It's just mm. let's have fun right here in the moment, and it's something that somehow we as adults lose sight on. And uh, man, if we could bottle that, um, yeah. this world would be a far, far greater place than it already is. Definitely. Yeah. So, kid gets you back into the sun, thinks, "Dad, what happened?" And then you're like, "Oh, I got to do something about this." Yeah, we have to. Yeah. I, I'd also gone to the doctor, you know, in, in January. Um, kind of had a recent job change. I'm still within Chicago yeah. title, but but came back to sales from from uh, being a closer, and thought best oh, decision you've ever made. I <laughs> could not possibly tell you. And don't get me wrong, I loved loved the job, but yeah. I don't know that the male brain. Um, is built to yeah. handle all of that stress right. and the the, the capacity uh, of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The table was great. You know, sitting there with with buyers and sellers and their agents, that was fantastic because they had to sit here and listen yeah. to my terrible That's jokes. The like they, they couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah, it was it was the rest of it and the demands from from you know seventy different people per file. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit like an over caffeinated squirrel on a calm day anyhow, yeah. and so it uh, this is much more my speed. Yes, um, so. Mm-hmm. You know, got that you're not young anymore speech from the doctor, and uh, also Joe Rogan's not a doctor. You should listen to me and not him. Um, 
and I thought, you know, I need to change. You were eating steak every day. It, you know, oh, I was, oh, I was oh, trying the carnivore diet. Just mainlining elk, um, yeah. elk marrow, and uh, <laughs> just thought, you know, it's time for a change. And if right. I don't do it now, it's not going to get easier. Yeah. I can always have an excuse. And then uh, moderation is not something I do well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, about about May of this year, um, we just kind of went went full bore. And, uh, you know, yeah. seven days a week and going to some high intensity uh, interval training classes that my, my daughter refers to as a uh, man yoga um, running, which is awful, by which the way. I don't awful. know if you do it, but no, you shouldn't. I mean, um, I, I mean, I do sometimes. It's terrible. It's I have terrible. done a marathon. I, yeah. Do, um, yeah, I have. Yeah. Uh, people with, with that kind of self-discipline and, mm. and mental strength really impress me. Um, yeah. Because it, it's mental. I mean, it is. Yeah, I uh, like mentioned Goggins earlier. Mm-hmm. I signed up for an ultra marathon after after listening to one of his podcasts, and then really didn't train that hard for it because I stat. It was I was seven seven weeks out. Or I was oh, no sorry, it's eight weeks out, uh-huh. and I stood on something that went through. I had put a hole in my foot around Ooh. Christmas, and the the race was like the first week of February. So Stuff. when I got and I got out of it, I had like six full weeks of training for mm-hmm. a thirty one mile race in the backcountry in Stillwater. And the plate, like, I appreciate people who run long distance like that. Uh, Courtney Dorwalter, yes. like she's an absolute animal. Yes. Um, the places that you go in your head after running those distances is a place that you never want to tell people about the things that you say to yourself or, right. or see or envision because it's such a dark place. But you're right, the mental, like after running 31 miles and like, you know, I think everyone with a bit of training can do 12, right? Sure. I think a lot of people don't realize this, but you could easily run a half, do 13 miles, whatever. Mm-hmm. The marathon, again, is, you know, just plod along and you can do it. We only got up to 18 in training, mm-hmm. and then you get those extra, like, what is that, another 11, 12, 13, whatever miles. I mean, it's just, it, I haven't done it since, and I probably won't ever do it again, but... I mean, it's. The, I do. I tell everyone they should probably try it because the you know the, your mental discipline and the, the the thing you get over by doing it. Yes. I mean, I was wrecked after it. I, it was I such a weird feeling. I would like to. Only because of you know you, you can you can tell yourself I did that. The, the closest oh, I had. It's the only reason. We had a forced march um, last week of basic training at Fort Benning in Georgia, and I believe, and the math is a bit foggy, but I, I think it was twenty four ish miles. Yeah, could be it may have been right. six. Yeah, but, you know, it, it, yeah. it was a long yeah. way. It's raining sideways. Uh, it's yeah. freezing cold. Yeah, we yeah. we had full rucks on. You know, full full yeah. ammo, um, and it, it was tough. And like you said, you you go, you kind of pass. That that barrier of, that of reason and sanity, and and you're. I got delusional too. I was like, I made a little video as I was doing it, and I had mm-hmm. eight, eight miles to go, and I'm like, I want to get in under six hours. I think was I can do this, and I had like an hour to run eight miles, which I've never done in my entire right. life, ever in training, ever done before, and I'm like, yeah, I can do this, and the last five miles are the hardest because they're up and down hills. Get back a into town. Eight minute mile. Yeah, I was, and I, I did it in like six hours and thirty thirty one minutes. Like I I mean I was like. I was smelling it, but I was so out of it mentally. Like anything's possible. I mm-hmm. can do this. Like sure. And I, there was nowhere near me running. And I took an extra thirty minutes, but well, which was still good. But at the same time, like I had like so much confidence. Like I can do this. There's no. Yeah, sure. And, and you did it. Yeah. That's that's you know again. David Goggins talks about how your mind is is the toughest competitor to mm-hmm. ever face. It yeah. always shows up on time. Always knows your weaknesses, yeah. and it'll lie to you. Your body can can. 
endure and withstand yeah. far, far more than what we mm-hmm. think it, you know, it's capable of. Um, I, I, I don't think my body is capable for one of those, you know, 100 mile. Um, the 100 bar thing's mad. Yeah. Like the one mile track, just run 100 laps. Like that's. It doesn't seem healthy to me, you know, physically no. or, or emotionally. Yeah. Like um, a lot of people, like the, one, the 31 miles was 50 kilometers. So mm-hmm. like, I think like. You know, yeah, but you get these people who do. Was it the bad water the run that they do? That's the right? first, the first or like one the Barkley one did. that they do. Mm-hmm. Like it's like hundred or two hundred miles, and yeah. just like over a week. You know, the two hundred mile one's nuts. And I think there's another one that you know Chad Wright. He's kind of the so. same guy. He okay. does. He was an ex Navy SEAL or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's kind of the same way. But there's a race that he just won, and it's basically a one mile loop through the through like not on a track through the countryside mm-hmm. and. You, it's just last man standing. So you've got like 50 to 100 guys at the start, and right. they run a loop. they got a time, a certain amount of time they have to run the one loop in, and they come back, and they get a little rest, and then they go again. It's just on the clock. And he was the last one to, you know, like last man standing. So it's basically the, the old, you know, yeah. Queensberry just boxing rules, whoever crazy. whoever's yeah. left yeah. upright. And uh, wow. he's got, he's been on some great podcasts, and he's, you know, he's your typical, I think he's from Georgia, SA, not SAS, but your typical like Marine Special Forces, mm-hmm. Georgia, Patriot, very straightforward, and you know, like it's, it's fascinating to hear him. Speak They're built differently. Oh, they? like yeah, I mean, and, they, and same with, with the SAS right? guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it certainly lets you know your place in the world. Yes, because you know, me especially, I after lifting weights for three or four days, I was admiring my physique in, in the mirror, <laughs> and uh, you know, thinking I, I've really done something yeah. here. And then you 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 think back to those guys, and you're like, no, 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 I haven't. no. Yeah. <laughs> But you're right. Like the, the the you know you, you know you go to the gym for a week, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel good, right? Or like me and Taryn did the 75 day challenge, right? Mm-hmm. We did that, and you're like, yeah, I feel great. But I've done it twice now, and I'm still back to where I was when I started sure. because it doesn't. It's not just 75 days. It's a lifestyle that you have to continue and change. That's what people miss. You know, about and these this. guys that you mentioned, they've been doing it mm-hmm. forever. You know, and, and like, you know, people who do the 30 day, whole 30 or whatever to reset, like, it, it's great, good for you, but it's like, that's like, that's the kickstart. Sure. It? And sadly, a lot of people, inc- me included, like, yeah, I've done it, I feel great, and now I'm going to go back to doing what I yeah. used to do. Like, the 60 day habit rule doesn't exist. No, no, no. A no. habit becomes a habit when it's a habit. Yes. Um, yeah. What, what I, you know, and I, I really, really dived deeply into all this stuff and uh, because I, I didn't want it to be, you know, a fad or, or right. gimmicky. And my first three months I knew we're going to, you know, I was going to go breakneck speed and berserk on everything because I, I had to kind of get to that point where I broke myself down mm-hmm. and I hurt myself and yeah. I, I got there in, yeah. in spades. Um, but, but just, you know. I'm 45 years old. And I have a bedtime now, mm-hmm. a self-imposed bedtime, because I, I didn't realize how important sleep was. I'd always been wrong-headed and thought yeah. I can get by on five hours of sleep. Well, yeah. there's, I think the number is 60 percent higher likelihood of getting, uh-huh. you know, dementia, Alzheimer's, something along because those lines. Thing, yeah. yeah, and and I wasn't going to go and and eat salads every day. I would be a horrible human being right. to be around. Well, when um, you're in sales too, like where do you want? You ask your customer where do you want to go, and they're like, I want to go eat barbecue. I want to get a hamburger. Absolutely. Like, they pick the great. You know, they don't. Pick, mm-hmm. They don't say I want to kill a Caesar salad. Exactly. Cool Where's the best kale place yeah. in town? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to go organic squeeze every day for the next four <laughs> months. Like, no, nobody says that, and that's the tough part of the, of the job that you work, isn't it? It is. You know, I had the same similar. A friend of mine who's a pastor, and he's like, I, I just go out and have coffee and eat with people. That's my job. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why most pastors are generally quite heavy. Yeah. Well, and it's you know a, another aspect. There, there is so much 
the social aspect mm-hmm. of eating. I yeah. mean, you, you don't pay attention to what you're, you're shoveling into your mouth and, and it brings people together. Yeah. And that was one of the hardest things. And, and people also want you to eat like them, they do. you know, yes. and, and not disparaging anybody else when I say this, but, you know, we Americans don't exactly have the, the greatest diet in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's when I am eating, you know, soup and a salad or, or salmon, yeah. you know, five, six days a week. Um, it's, it's difficult because they want you to eat a hamburger like yeah. them. And I want to eat a hamburger. Oh, like but them, yeah. and I still You're do. Like, Believe me, I really do want to destroy yeah, absolutely. that. Absolutely. Right um, yeah. I might order one to go when you're not looking. But uh, <laughs> th- that's been the tough one when you get together with family. You know, oh, yeah. Moms. Birthday, Thanksgiving, whatever it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and moms, there's, there's something innate mm-hmm. in, into, built into mothers that... You have to eat. Yeah. You know, I, I could weigh 300 pounds. And my mom was, you, you need to have a piece of pie, Christopher. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, Mom. I, I'm actually mainlining <laughs> insulin as we speak. Um, but it, uh, yeah. And so <clears throat> just trying to develop those those small habits has, mm-hmm. you know, it was challenging, but it wasn't, wasn't remotely impossible. When you get through it, you're like, that's not, as, it mentally, when you start, you think this, it's, you do it all, well, we all do mentally, right? It's like, oh, it's so much harder than it is. Sure. And, it, you know, you think about the worst things, all the hard things before you actually do something. And then right. you do it, and you're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Well, and and there, there have been times, you know, where it was difficult, where I really was, was craving, you mm. know, donuts. or yeah. and, and at the office, there is no shortage of food lying Never. around at all times. Never. But but you, you get past those urges, and then, you know, I, I kind of started taking it as a, Right, great! I it's did this. I, I can. Yeah. I can avoid that without any Small any wind. issue. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, then one right. day you break and you have four Krispy Kreme donuts and you yeah. are home by six o'clock and you pass out from <laughs> you feel the horrendous. sugar crash. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. I'm sure there's plenty of people listening. They're like, "No, we've been there. Mm-hmm. We're, we're you know, mm-hmm. we'll start January one or we'll start on yeah. Monday, right? Whatever. It, oh, it's a holiday weekend, so so we'll start next Monday. <laughs> yeah. And the kids have been the worst part for me too in, yeah. in terms of because they can eat whatever they want. Yeah. You yeah. make. You you know, nice, healthy, healthy dinner. And then I've been doing intermittent fasting for the last probably three months now. And so I, I shut it down at, at eight you, o'clock. Is that like, like you really like happy with that stuff? It works for uh, you? It's been incredible for me. Really? Um, and, you know, I. Eight to what? Two next day? I go from uh, I stop at eight yeah. and I can I can eat again at noon the next day. That's not too bad. No, it's it's really the first and you couple also of drink days. Coffee in the morning or whatever. Yeah, and I, I yeah, you know black, get coffee, my yeah. sixteen eighteen cups of coffee in a day. Yeah. Um, and the first couple of days were tough because I was a breakfast eater. Yeah. Um, but after that, it, it really wasn't wasn't that tough at all. Yeah. And I would even find myself you know I'd get busy or tied up and I look up and it's two o'clock and gotcha. I haven't eaten yet. Like I and need to eat. Yeah. Now the the flip side, a lot of people take that and and maybe a lot of them can, but, you know, I've got this small window, but right. I can eat whatever in the world I want. I talked to somebody yeah. this weekend, and she said, you know, I, I basically eat three full meals yeah. um, in, in my four-hour window. She right. probably also weighs about a buck oh eight, right. you know. Um, yeah. Soaking wet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, it's... I used to have that crash, mm-hmm. you know, about two thirty, three o'clock every day where the, the caffeine stopped working. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a number of factors. None of these are silver bullets. Right. Um, and it's, you know, I'm certainly not where, where I will end up ultimately. Um, but the better sleep, the better quality of food. Mm-hmm. Um, and you only realize how, how bad you felt before when you've gone through two or three solid months of great physical dieting, you're on track, and then you do have a bad meal. And the next day, and you're like, 
oh, this is how I used to feel all the time. Absolutely. How, like, how, we, how is that possible? Mm -hmm. But you never know until you've gone through that. And I, I think it's a cumulative effect because I, you know, I'll still eat. You know, weekends I'm not, yeah. I'm not psychotic about it at all, and I'll, I'll eat, you know, mashed potatoes right. or a burger and fries. Yeah. But I still don't feel terrible. It's that mm -hmm. day that I had, you know, a soda and four donuts yeah. when my system was just completely overloaded. Yeah. Um, I, I do feel necessary to, to talk about people that I despise, and those are the ones that you know have been working out for like four or five days. Yeah. Um, that I, I feel great. You know, I just feel so much better. You're, you're lying. Yeah. There's nothing about. I was sore. Trying to make yourself feel. Good. I hated every human being in the world. <laughs> you know, by day four, um, and yeah. I didn't feel. It took me a few weeks, but mm. I used to. You know, in the morning, I pop either an Aleve or an 800 milligram ibuprofen. You know, mm -hmm. knees and yeah. everything hurt just being old before bed. Right. Aleve, 800 milligram ibuprofen. I haven't taken but maybe two or three ibuprofen since that was from a headache. Yeah. Um, so it, it really does. You, you do feel better. Yeah. Um, no, it's no doubt, right? And it's I'm sure. And uh, at the same time, like you're doing this with your son too, right? So sure. It's not just like I'm on this on my own. You're having a great time with your son, and mm -hmm. and obviously like there's lessons to be learned there. And he's having a great time, and I'm sure he's competing with you and like bouncing around you. And you're like, I'll try and keep up. Or, Absolutely. Like, you can lift that weight, Dad. You yeah. wake up the next morning, you're like, oh, I can't let him see me like this. Well, it, it, he and I have a unique. There is certainly that. I mean, there there is. The competition, um, you know, he he wants to get to the point where he's bigger, faster, stronger than dad, and yeah. he doesn't quite realize yet that dad will die to stave that off just as yes. long as as possible. Oh, yeah. But he had also gone from you know my sweet son, who everything is dad, dad, dad. Let's go play catch. Let's do this. Dad, mm. tell me a joke. To about thirteen years old, um, and he he became somewhat of an apathetic demon. Um, you know, nothing interests him. He's always got yeah. this smug look on his face and his face is covered by his hair and the hoodie that he's wearing yeah. in, in August. Um, and this was, not that we had a bad relationship at all, it's just, you know, that, that father-son sure, dynamic yeah, when they, yeah. he becomes a teenager. When they get to teenager. that age, yeah, of Absolutely. course. Everyone goes through it, I'm sure. This has, and, you know, call it bonding, um, you know, the chemical cocktail that's flowing whenever you're, yeah. you're you know, exerting physical force. It's been fantastic for us, too, to the That's point awesome. where, you know, we, we love doing it. Yeah. And actually, back to that day, um, I talk about donuts a lot, but this is this is the same day I'd gone home, passed out from probably 6 o'clock till 7.30, like literally still got my Johnson & Murphy's and yeah. slacks on in bed, and he comes and wakes me up and like, Dad, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm tired, yeah. I don't feel good, ate donuts. He's like, well, are we still going to go work out? <laughs> I'm like, man, yeah. we can miss we can miss one day, yeah. Jake. We can miss one day. And uh, he gets on his phone and comes back. He's like, Dad, they don't close until 10. I'm like, ah, <laughs> sucker. And we yeah. went to the gym and had a great workout and had a blast. Yeah. And uh, and not to leave her out, my, my daughter works out with us quite a bit as well. But, mm. again, high school and, and club soccer player. That's busy stuff. We don't like to work out with her. You yeah. know, she tried to put together a core workout for us, and, and Which I was failed. Warm -up, right? I couldn't, I <laughs> literally could not make it through the warm up. Yeah. You know, she, she said, We're going to do a four minute plank. Yeah. No, we're yeah. not. No, you we're can. Not. I'm yeah. not. I yeah. can't. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she, she's doing it with us a little bit as well, but she's a lot busier with, with soccer right. and, and, and everything. Different workouts um, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, he and I have had an, an absolute blast doing mm -hmm. it. Um, lots of laughter. I mean, crack up. Yeah. Um, some anger, you know, um, both ways, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, just, again, it's, it's that dad and son dynamic. But uh, 
wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. It's, it's a blast. You know, get up early on the weekends, and it was our thing. We'd go and, and we'd lift and just kill it and then go have breakfast. Yeah. And, and kill breakfast. And kill too. breakfast, too, yeah. Because yeah. you, you earned it. You can eat a lot more yeah. whenever you're actually doing something yeah. physical. It's funny you say that. <laughs> Taryn on Saturday, she, uh, I can say anything about my wife, right? She never listens to the podcast. <laughs> but you might say her. I have I to tell see her Because you see her as well. Um, she ran. She's training for the marathon right now. Mm-hmm. And she ran. She got up early on Sunday morning and ran seven miles by eight o'clock. And then came home, like obviously had a shower or whatever, changed, and then ate leftover pizza for breakfast at nine. And I was just like, I'd been up since six because the dogs got up and I was like, I've been up for four hours. I'm sure it's not like lunchtime yet. And I just like, look at the time. It's like 10, 15, and she's, you know, 9, 15, she's heating up. It's like, good for you. She's already had a full day. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, like you've just burned however many calories, like how about you for breakfast? Absolutely. So good for her, for sure. I'm sure she'll do great in the marathon. Um, mm. What's next? Like, you know, like, oh, you know, you're by no means at the end of, of you know, work or, or life or whatever. Like, what, mm. what's the goal? You know, what's next? And, and kind of where you where you want to take things? The the immediate next, I, I don't know when this is going to, uh, when you're going to get this out there, but uh, my son and I are heading out this weekend to uh, the Big Apple okay. to watch my New York Mets yeah. hopefully not get destroyed by the Yankees or the evil empires, I like to call them. Yeah. Um, and and just, you know, keeping up the job, I kind of the retirement goal has always been to have a small hobby farm that, you know, okay. produces a little bit of, of income for those retirement years. Yeah. Um, like a small shop where you'll go to farmers markets and stuff? Yeah, or, or even have like a little, you know, garden market okay. at, at my place out there. Yeah. Um, that's always been kind of a dream of mine is to have, you know, folks come out on Saturday mornings yeah. to, to come and Get look your at the wares. And know that absolutely, there, yeah. absolutely. Um, tossed around the idea of doing a, a CSA, Community Supported Agriculture as well, which is Basically, you, you know, you got your your butcher box and all these kind of you know yeah, yeah. grocery delivery right. services. Are you familiar with the CSA? I'm not, but I know the, the services and yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, CSA, you're you're basically buying stock in in a farmer's farm, right? And you pay them each month, and, and a box or a bag shows up on your door. You Perfect. come by and pick it up. Yeah. And uh, I'm a huge huge proponent of of local farmers, mm-hmm. um, especially you know local or organic farmers, and not an indictment. On on the the right. you know common agricultural world we live in, we we have more capacity to feed more people than we ever have in the mm-hmm. entire history of mankind right now. Awesome. So, um, not not my particular cup of tea. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, you know, with with the farming, it, it's just been a complete labor of love and, and passion. I mean, mm-hmm. not many people read white papers on on you know mycorrhizal fungi. Um, I, I've got hundreds of thousands of yeah. composting worms that, that yeah. I keep. Um, it's just we've lost so much in our food system that, you know, even a lot of the agriculture, excuse me, the, the organic stuff that we're eating now, stuff got, got harvested, you know, a okay. week ago, and it's lost so, so much of its nutrients. Yeah. Um, I, I really would like for a push to, to see everybody try to grow something. It's mm-hmm. really not that hard. It, it's not that difficult. Yeah. If I can do it, anybody can. Um, and... Uh, I'd like for the term organic to go away. I'd like for this to become just growing. farming. Yeah, farming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we, we'd gotten away, you know, um, making life better through chemicals back in the '60s, right. you know, and, and we've moved completely away from having soil that that feeds itself and then right. feed. You know, we want to dump fertilizer on something, take the easy way out, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, taking care of your your dirt. That we only got one Earth. And, and there's not a lot of land left on it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I look back at, at 
you know, read stories about how people riding, you know, waist high through the, the prairies of Oklahoma right. um, with the grass and the buffalo everywhere. And we just simply don't have don't that. Have Our that. soil's been depleted through really poor farming practices for, gosh, coming up on 100 years now. I mean, yeah. we're getting pretty close to the Dust Bowl um, centennial. Right. And, uh, but yeah, roundabout way to say that, that, yeah, I'd like to have a little bit of a, of a small farm going forward okay. and uh, kind of keep, you know, the, the methods that I'm using. I'm, I'm doing yeah. something called land race gardening where I'm okay. basically saving seeds from, from each crop to where in five, six, seven years, the plants that I grow there will be specific to my little spot gotcha. on planet Earth in Piedmont, Oklahoma. Yeah. How much land do you have? About five and a half acres. Okay. Yeah. Plenty. Yeah, right. more than enough. Surprisingly, how you know people? I love when I like have clients and they're like, "Yeah, I want like like two to ten acres." And I'm just like, "Have you lived on an acreage before?" And they're like, "No, I've lived in a neighborhood neighborhood on a standard quarter of an acre lot." I'm like, "Let's start with three, maybe." Careful what you wish for. Like, I mean, you know, I can I can even and it, it it a lot of you know your your older farmers will tell you I'm crazy. I I could even run on my five acres and really I'd only have about three and a half to four for for yeah. uh, livestock, but I could run. A couple of calves and probably a couple of hogs yeah. on there and just rotate them through and mm-hmm. um you know if you regenerative agriculture is kind of a buzzword right now but if you're doing things correctly mm-hmm. i mean you're actually sequestering more carbon you have a negative carbon right. footprint by yeah. having these animals yeah. i mean the big cafo feedlots you know in amarillo and yeah. different places absolutely harmful to the environment mm-hmm. and and that stuff is is you know rubbish from a nutritional standpoint but you can do it right and, and make thing everything better yeah it's i'm and for you it's good to have like that release too from work right because you're like i've got you know i got this stuff that i care about and it's it's it only works if i do the things right and i can't just put it on autopilot like it's you gotta take, work it's it. super engaging right yeah you have you to work, work and um probably keeps you sane too i don't mind you know a couple of fingers of buffalo trace every now and again yeah. but but my real therapy what i do to relax is, is getting my hands dirty uh-huh. and uh there's people laugh all the time. I, I talk about compost and people come out of the house and I'm like, here, come smell the compost. Like, no, it's no. weird, but it's just there. there's something yeah. that I don't want to talk about chakras, but there's something that it connects you, you know, when you're out there and your hands are dirty and you're seeing, yeah. you pick up a handful of soil and it's just like, chock full of, of worms. and uh, Because of something you did. Yeah, 100%. Right. Like, not because it's like yeah. it's you impacted that. Like it's I, when we first got this place, it was it was hard pan. Um, there was, you know, the grass would even grow in some place. It was mm-hmm. basically concrete, and there were no worms whatsoever. Yeah. And that's kind of it, the opposite of the canary in the coal mine. When you see worms coming in, mm-hmm. you know that you're doing something right, and yeah. uh, the, the soil is going to take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, I'm glad, I'm glad to know that. And there's, there might be people listening that are like, Chris Morris does farming? Yeah. Organic farming? What? If which I ever, love, which is like, it's hilarious. You ever have six or eight hours to talk about it, call me. Yeah, and, and that fun guy that you mentioned, too. Like, I'm sure you, you'll kill, buzz on about that for as, as long as you can. As anybody would want to listen. But it's, uh, I'm tired. Like, I'm terrible with that stuff. Like, I, I don't see any. Like, my my front yard, the grass is good, mm-hmm. but everything behind that is <laughs> somebody else can do it. That's where yeah. I started. But I will, like I said, that's that, that generational thing too, right? As you get to there, and you're like, oh, I have five acres now. Let's sure. see what I can do. Like for me, I build a golf course, but like <laughs> or something, or like a racetrack, or like something, right? Like a go kart thing. Right, right. Uh, but no, it's awesome, man. And 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 I love that you kind of take your takes it away from work and. You know, with that, and then obviously the fitness thing it builds relationships with your kids, and that's—I mean, it's you know, like 
back to one earth we have one life too yeah and you know you can't be can't be wasting any hours or any time and that's why i appreciate you spending an hour down here to talk about it but for people listening um i mean you can leave them with with something if you want other than come to chicago title come to chicago title first and foremost uh, thank you very much for having me um I uh, wanted to let you know that I am, am also Welsh. Mm-hmm. Learned this years and years ago. Yeah. So Morris is a Welsh name. You and I share yeah. patronage with uh, with Timothy Dalton, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. James Bond, and uh, Odin, Anthony mm-hmm. Hopkins. Yes. So yes, salt of the earth. Sir people. Anthony Hopkins. Sir, right? pardon yeah. me, sir. Great follow on Instagram as well. He's a good follow on Instagram. I'll check that out. Yeah, he speaks. speaks truths let's just say that i like that yeah man thanks for coming down uh for everyone listening i'll post uh i'll post your instagram links people can come check you out if if they want and then uh if you guys are in the real estate business or if you're not if you want to buy a house you should uh, close at chicago title because it is in my personal experience and many others who've left great reviews it's the place to close Um, really does make a difference where you close it definitely does make a difference where you close Uh, but yeah thanks for listening and we'll catch you next episode thank you the home market is booming and rcb bank is here for you if you're in the market to buy a home a mortgage pre-qualification will make the process much easier talk to one of our mortgage professionals today rcb bank that's my bank with approved credit terms and restrictions apply member fdic equal housing lender rcb bank nmls 798151 this podcast is presented by the oklahoma hall of fame telling oklahoma story through its people since 1927 for more information on the hall of fame go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.